Our scripture reading today is from Romans chapter 10, verses 13 to 15. All who call on the Lord's name will be saved. So how can they call on someone they don't have faith in? And how can they have faith in someone they haven't heard of? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who announce the good news. I think most folks here know that uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal church where the services were sometimes, as we like to call them, loud and proud. (laughs) We talked back to our preachers. Uh, And if a preacher didn't get talked back to while they were preaching, they either weren't preachy enough or they weren't loud enough. So we like to get talked back to. For God so loved the world, the preacher would say. That's right, the congregation would say. Jesus has come to set you free. Amen, preacher. If God be for us, who can be against us? Preach it, brother. Really, I mean, it was a back and forth. There was a lot of it. Preach it. We heard that a lot when the sermon started getting really, really good back then. Preach it. And when they said preach it, they meant preach it with fire and preach it with energy and preach it with gusto. And sometimes they wanted you to preach it mad. What's that? And spit a little. (laughs) The good preachers could reach third or fourth row. (laughs) We had words. We had lots and lots of words. And we knew how to use them to make people either feel some sort of euphoric sense of ecstasy or make them feel like they were dangling over the fiery pits of hell with a devil waiting for them. We had words. You know, a lot of folks have claimed these very famous and motivating words, but I think most of us, most folks probably attribute them to St. Francis of Assisi. He said, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Grayson, come here, baby. Come on, let's do something to make your mom and dad real happy. What, what the situation is, we have an artistic kid on our, on our team. Okay, okay. He won't have any shoulder pads. He just have his jersey on and a helmet. So we're going to have him run into the end zone and have the kids chase him. I can't wrestle with them. No, you're not going to wrestle with nobody. Okay. I'm going to protect you and I'm going to make sure they don't tell you. Okay, we'll leave it like that. Come here. Hey, somebody step me and give me a ball. Look, this, 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 this is what's going to happen. Where you, where you at, Grace? Damn, where you go? He's going to give you the ball. And all you're going to do, you're going to take it and you're going to... This way. You're going to take it. And you're going to run this way. And then when you get down to him, you give him the ball. Hey, Paul, Paul, you go down there. I will get okay. smashed. No, I'm going out there with you so I can protect you, okay? Offense on the ball. They're not going to touch you, baby. I'm out here with you. I promise they're not going to touch you. They're not going to touch you. Darius, say down to her. Just bring the ball back here and give it to him. You about to run a touchdown, baby. Yep. Come on, Grace. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, I got you. Come on, run with me. Come on. Go. Go, Grace. Go. Come on, go. Go, Grace. Go, Grace. Go, Grace. Go, Grace. Let's go, Grace. Let's go, Grace. Go, Grace. Yeah. Yeah. Get him, Paul. Yeah. Welcome, baby! Yeah! 
made me cry, man. I don't want nothing. Something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, God understood. All I had to offer was brokenness and strife. But God made something beautiful of my life. Isn't it beautiful when other little kids recognize when something wonderful is happening? Wouldn't it be wonderful if more adults did? What happened at the Westside Cafe on Camp Bowie happens more than we know. But we'd need to know how and why it happened Thursday for the sake of a baby girl named Glory. Her parents brought her in last month and a young waitress couldn't take her eyes off her. I, I see all the brand new babies and look up to them and I'm like, oh my goodness, so beautiful, such a beautiful baby. Thursday, Glory's parents came in alone and waitress Kayla Lane noticed. I'm like, you know, d didn't y'all have a baby last time y'all came in here? And they kind of look at each other and they're very quiet. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like, what's going on? Sean and Debbie Riddle told her Glory passed away four weeks ago. Unexpected, unexplained. I, I remember putting my hands up and I just didn't know what to say. Sean and Debbie Riddle did. That we're all part of a family. And that's our job to pick up our brothers and sisters. They showed pictures of Glory and thanked Kayla for remembering them. When it was time to pay, the check simply said, Your ticket has been paid for. We're really sorry for your loss. God bless. Kayla says it was all she knew to do. I could feel their pain. I could see it. Sean and Debbie are born-again Christians. They've been searching for meaning in Glory's life and death. And when Debbie shared the waitress's gesture of kindness on Facebook, thousands responded. And it just means so much because our daughter's gone and yet her, I guess she kind of has a legacy now that's still living on and helping other people. Including Kayla, who was herself hurting that day and drawing strength from the kindness of grieving parents who were still paying it forward. There are good adults in the world too. There are adults who care. They're out there showing love, and whether they're aware of it or not, they're preaching. They're preaching hard, and they're doing the beautiful ministry of caring with something as simple as noticing a hurting heart and offering a free meal. Strawberry, raspberry, rebel. Medium-ice vanilla mocha? Yeah. When Pierce Dunn and Evan Freeman got hired at Dutch Bros, they learned how to make coffee, mocha, smoothies, and a half-decaf, no-whip caramelizer with soy milk. Vanilla mocha! But they were also taught to connect with customers. And yesterday, that connection turned into some much-needed comfort. Their co-worker noticed that a woman pulling up to the window was in tears. And she was like, no, she's just having a really bad day. Her husband passed. And as soon as she said that, I was like, there's nothing more you need to say. We got this. We're going to do what we do every time we get someone who's in pain or hurt. We're going to give them our love. The guys offered her a free drink, and then it just kind of happened. They all grabbed her hand, bowed their heads, and together 
they said a prayer. So basically, I just said, like, you know, I really want her to, you know, have peace over the situation, um, you know, like help the morning of her and her family. They had no idea, but a customer in the next car back snapped this picture. She posted it on Facebook, and along with thousands of likes, it even surprised owner Jessica Chudik. I just said, oh, that's great. You know, I, I love that our company does that, and that, you know, we can show love out the window that way. And then I started studying a little more, and I said, wait, that's Evan and Pierce. That's my stand. Those are my kids. So I was just brought me to tears right then. When I saw the picture, for me, it was just like, oh, this is a normal day at work. Like, we're doing what we do every day. Evan and Pierce say the woman was so grateful to them for taking her hand and taking the time. They had no intention of this moment going viral, but say maybe it will inspire someone else. If every single person was just, did like an act of kindness or just had a smile on their face every single day, like the world would be a completely a different, different place. place. What a sermon they preached. Something beautiful something good all my confusion God understood all I had to offer was brokenness and strife but God made something beautiful of my life Evan was one of, you noticed on the screen, Evan was one of the incredibly thoughtful young men who prayed for that weeping customer. He told another reporter that he's not a religious person. He said, I don't even consider myself a believer. But he said that he felt that joining with the others and showing that love and praying for that grieving woman was something that was meaningful, something beautiful that he could do to help her in her grief. A good teacher will do almost anything for a student. All right, so we're good so far. But few have gone so far as Donna Hoagland, teacher at Marsh Point Elementary in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Not too tooth. <laughs> it all started when Donna noticed a change in one of her fourth graders, Troy Volk. And it did affect his morning behavior. He was just shut down at times. She suspected there was a reason. For she suspected there was something going on. So she asked me if anything had changed at home. This is Troy's mother, Anahita. She told Donna the truth, that for the past year, she's been in stage five kidney failure. You okay, babe? Pain. She has this severe pain almost daily. And because she has a rare blood type, the odds of finding a kidney donor are slim. When my parents told me about the kidney failing stuff, I was getting a little down. What was your worst fear? My mom not getting kidney ever. As you can see, Troy has tried to keep a brave front. Fortunately, he found a friend in Donna. I really just hate it. Nobody. She's been there for him every step of the way. To think what he must go through, seeing his mom being sick all the time, that's not fair. And you felt like you could fix that? I can. Turns out Donna has the same rare blood type. So, unbeknownst to Troy's family, she spent months researching how to become a kidney donor and then called up Anahita for the best parent-teacher conference of all time. I'm like, what are you talking about? She turns around and she's like, we're a match. How do you say thank you? You can't. You really can't. 
The transplant happened over Christmas break, and today everyone is doing well. Donor, recipient, and the boy. They both cherish. The one thing I love about my mom's kidney transplant... What's that? ...is that we all get a gift. The same gift. It's not a gift that can be wrapped in a present. It's like a miracle. A perfect match is a miracle. Of course, the other miracle is Donna and teachers like her. What's up? Who love our children as their own. Cheers for mommy's new kidney. No, they don't all give up their kidneys. But make no mistake, teachers save us parents every day. Can I encourage you sometime, if the day is just hard, Google random acts of kindness. This is the kind of thing you... How beautiful, how wonderful, wonderfully, wonderfully beautiful. I love seeing all of this beauty in the midst of worry and fear and pain. I love seeing this beauty that it does more than just make a bad day good or turn a frown into a smile. This is the kind of beauty that saves lives in a drive-thru, in a, the dining room, on the football field, in the schools. <laughs> At Central Elementary in Union, Missouri, the best teachers may just be two students. Hi, Mr. Camera! They are both individually incredible. <laughs> First graders Vincent Butterfield and Zach Gossage are very good friends and often very silly. Why does the chicken cross the playground? Why? To get to the other slide. But recently, there wasn't a lot to laugh about. It was terrifying. Last June, after feeling ill and tired for weeks, Zach was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia a fast-growing cancer of the white blood cells. As a parent, you want to make sure that nothing bad ever happens to your child, and when something does, you want to be able to fix it. And I couldn't. Still, while everybody around him took it hard, Zach took it in stride. Despite frequent trips to the hospital, he almost never missed a day of school. Because I get to play with Vincent outside at recess. As for Vincent... He started asking questions and learning about cancer. It's when your white blood cell and your red blood cell fight. Then he learned that Zach's treatments were expensive. We had been making these scarves just like this. Um, and he just kind of said it would be cool if we could make a whole bunch of these and sell them. He sold more than 20, earning a couple of hundred dollars. You raised $200? That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and who did you give it to? Zach. Vincent also found out that Zach might lose his hair because of the chemotherapy treatments. I have a dream. So one day he showed up to Mrs. Kester's first grade class wearing a stocking cap. And he said, Mrs. Kester, I have a, I have a surprise for Zach. And I said, well, you do. And he said, yes, I do. And he pulls off his stocking cap, and here I see that he shaved his head. I cut it off. You cut off your hair? Yeah, to make Zach feel like he's not the only one without any hair. Come on in. Zach continues to get treatments and continues to come to school every day. He comes in and you say, how are you? And he says, fine. And Vincent? Well, he may be young, but he's teaching us the oldest lessons. What is friendship? What is friendship?
a beautiful thing. Indeed it is. Hi, hi, hi. Clearly wisdom doesn't always come with age. Okay. Let's go. Vincent's a little preacher. He preaches it by making scarves and selling them and shaving his head and identifying friendship for what it is. It's a beautiful thing. Have you ever seen such friendship? Little Zach, even in the middle of his cancer, is the luckiest kid in the world because he has a friend like Vincent. And friends like Vincent are absolutely beautiful. At a Methodist church in the heart of Oklahoma, Sarah Cunningham is delivering the deeply personal message. At one time, I believed that my son was going to hell for being gay. She initially thought she had to choose between her son Parker and her faith. And I felt the Holy Spirit to say, what's important to your son needs to be important to you. A few years ago, Sarah created a nonprofit called Free Mom Hugs. In addition to giving out warm embraces, the group encourages parents to celebrate their LGBTQ kids. And for those who don't, last year Sarah posted this. If you need a mom to attend your same-sex wedding because your biological mom won't, call me. I'm there. And what made that post go viral is that the whole world said, I'll go too. When you saw all those people uh, chime in. All over the world. How'd that feel? It was wonderful. It she would soon learn. Hair look okay? Yep. The need is great. Sam Hedrick is about to get married to Haley Myers Brannon. Two years ago, he came out as transgender, something he says his family has not accepted. I refuse to be ashamed of the life that I'm building because it brings me joy. So Sam reached out to Sarah. And I'm so proud of you, and I'm happy. A moment that's truly bittersweet. As great as Sarah is, and as much as she has showed up for us, she's not my mom. You're grateful for the Sarahs of the world. Oh. Very much so, yeah. 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 We need a million Sarahs. Uh, we need a million Sarahs. And we need a million Vincents. And Maryland folks who will reach through the drive through window and love and pray. We need a million here. Imagine the people who've been discarded and thrown away, who can be rescued and reminded of their own beauty and held in loving arms if we all did like Sarah. Imagine a world filled with Sarahs and Vincents and Donnas and Pierce and Evan and Kayla and Coach Paul and even a stranger who would give away the shirt off of their own back. It's a simple act of kindness getting worldwide praise. A passenger on the New York City subway literally gives a frail and shivering homeless man the shirt off his back. The homeless man is so weak he can barely lift his arms. So the Good Samaritan gently pulls the shirt over his head for him, then adjusts it to make sure it's fitting okay. That's not all. Still feeling he hasn't done enough, the passenger goes back to his seat and fetches his hat, returning to carefully place it on the homeless man's head. Now meet the man with a heart of pure gold. He's 23-year-old Joey Resto. The video of his breathtaking act of kindness is gaining new viewers every hour. At last count, 
over an astonishing 42 million. He lifted his arms up like a child and he let me put the clothes on him. Joey's girlfriend, Yanni Martinez, says she couldn't be prouder. He just decided to give the clothing that he had off his back. He didn't have much and he gave it to this guy who needed it more than anybody. So I thought that was pretty amazing. If you see something wrong and you see something that you can do to help, do, do what you can. Don't just look and stare and wonder what if. The list goes on and on and on and on. Several weeks ago, I was here at the church one afternoon. And I noticed the man who was sleeping right out here on our front stoop. He wasn't hurting anyone. He wasn't hurting anything. He had all of his stuff. Everything he owned was either under him as a bed or a pillow or it was in a little plastic bag down next to his feet. He simply needed a place to be. And our little stoop provided that for him that day. It was obvious that he was a homeless man. People who aren't homeless don't sleep on church stoops. But it wasn't obvious whether he was breathing or if he was injured or if he was someone who could maybe be violent. So I called the police department non-emergency number and asked them to send an officer over to take a look. Within just a few minutes, the officer arrived. He woke the man up and told him that he needed to grab his things and go. I was sitting in this room about halfway back looking through the glass. I could see them, but they couldn't see me. The officer wasn't pushy. He wasn't disrespectful to the man. And he didn't say a word to him that was demeaning or hurtful. But what he did say cut me like a knife. He said, you need to get up. Get your things. This church doesn't want you here. The blood drained from my face. My stomach tightened into a knot. My chest heaved and my heart dropped as low as it could possibly go. I sat on this side of the glass and I watched a man with very little who was still hazy from the sleep because he'd suddenly been awakened by a police officer. I watched him gather all of his things without a single word of protest. I sobbed, I cried, I wept, and I felt like I'd let that man down. I felt like I'd let down our church. I felt like I let down the gospel that's supposed to be good news for homeless men and women and children and people who are exactly in that kind of place, that kind of condition. I didn't feel beautiful. I didn't feel beautiful at all, but I thank God for other opportunities that I've had since then. And I thank God for other people who are beautiful and know how to make other people beautiful. What I find in helping homeless people with haircuts is their appearance changes and their attitude changes and then also the people around them 
see these people differently. Damn. Yeah, it took about 10 years off, huh? Thirteen years ago, I got clean and sober off of drugs and alcohol, and I was taught I have to give it away to keep it. Um, a lot of these guys' stories are a lot like mine, and they just need a helping hand to get their way back. And I think if we all do a little, we can help out a lot. Something beautiful, something good, all my confusion God understood. All I had to offer was brokenness and strife, but God made something beautiful of my life. It's not for praise or anything, I'm just saying, because this is pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. It's Josette Duran's emotional Facebook Live video is getting a lot of attention. She's been packing her son's lunch and an extra one since the beginning of the school year because her son asked her to. He said, no mom, it's for this little boy at school and he sits by himself and all he eats is a fruit cup. The school principal called Duran into the office because that little boy's mom found out Duran had been feeding her son. She says, um, I know this isn't much, but I just got a job and I know you've been feeding my son. Duran says she couldn't accept the single mother's money. The girls volleyball team that Duran coaches also raised more than $400 to pay her back, but she took that money straight to the cafeteria. We paid up all the past due accounts for all the kids that need lunch, right? So now no one in that school owes any lunch money to anybody and everybody can eat. Dudon found out the little boy's mom lost her job and couldn't afford to pay for his school lunches. It's something Dudon says she knows all too well. This hits home to me because a few years ago me and my son were homeless. I was living in my car. I was washing him in in bathrooms and we didn't have food. And Not only has Dudon taught this school a valuable lesson in compassion and kindness. I have friends and I'm doing better in school. And you have a great son, and he is my best friend. She's also created a new friendship. But if someone has material possessions and sees a brother or a sister in need but refuses to help, how can the love of God dwell in a person like that? Children, let's not love with words or speech, but with action and truth. Pam did an incredible job last week of leading us into becoming love. Pam, I know that you had to grapple with how to begin a short talk on really tall love. Love is so large and expansive and encompassing. And when you add an even larger truth, the truth that God is love... I can't imagine that you didn't grapple even more with where your talk was going to have to end. How can it end? When there's so much to say about God and about love and about our place in it. And I guess we really need to just kind of settle on the thought that we'll probably never get to the end of saying all there is to say about it. But 
We can enjoy the conversation and we can delight in telling our world, showing our world that love is God and God is love. And in so many, many ways, we are the evidence of God's love in the world. And how beautiful is that? As a matter of fact, during this series that we've called Becoming, I, I think it's justified to say that all of the other things that we can become, that we have become over these last several weeks, beginning with Pastor Marcia and her words on becoming grateful, and then Pam and I in the series since, becoming brave, becoming proud, becoming love, today becoming beautiful, and then the things that will become in the next week or so. All of these things are the subtext of the much bigger, all-involving becoming love. Preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. Sometimes the gospel is preached when all the other kids on the room in, on the field make room for a very special touchdown. Sometimes it's preached through a meal that's offered in love and concern. And sometimes the gospel's preached through a prayer that's delivered through a drive-through window to a grieving widow who really expected nothing more than a cup of coffee. Sometimes the sermon is a once-in-a-lifetime, literally life-saving, monumental moment when a beautiful person literally offers her own body to save the life of another. Sometimes the gospel is preached by two little boys who have a bond that can't be restrained by cancer or contained by reason. Sometimes it's a mom hug offered when a real mom won't. It's in the middle of the big city and it's the shirt literally off of a caring man's back or helping people who've given up at least a little bit about themselves and making sure that a child whose mom is down on her luck is able to eat. Sometimes the gospel is preached at a kid's school lunch. Let me ask you, isn't that beautiful? Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. 